0: Yo, everybody, what's up? This is your boy, Anthony Newton, back with another episode of A Newt Perspective. Um, still ain't figured out how to put on the intro and the outro music. Uh, one day I'll figure that stuff out or somebody will walk me through doing it. Um, but you'll tune in and be like, oh, well, A Newt wasn't telling us no stories. We really do have intro and outro music. Um, I want to thank you all for the tremendous um, support for the first two episodes. kind of wasn't planned to go down like that. Uh, But it did, and uh, the response has been outrageously outrageously beyond what I believed it was going to be. Um, And so here we are for another episode of What's On Old Uncle Newt's Mind Uh, this week. And, you know, when I originally said that uh, I'd do a pod, I told myself that it wouldn't be too serious because sometimes I take myself too serious but uh it would be cheapening who i am if i dodge the main uh conversation piece on what's going on so we're gonna get into it and talk about it a little bit and you can tell me how you feel uh when you listen hopefully every every week we won't have to be as deep sorry if y'all hear uh my water i'm drinking uh some fiji tonight trying to uh cut back on red bulls and soda so let me get a sip All right. Um, Of course, what's on everybody's minds is the riots. America is on fire. No, literally, it's uh, burning right now. There's peaceful protests. There's riots. A lot of people are are still angry over uh, George Floyd. And the thing is, this thing has snowballed so much bigger than than George Floyd um, since our last conversation. The officer, one of the officers has been arrested, but uh we need we need three more arrests and a conviction. Um what happens a lot of times in these cases are there's an arrest and nobody (laughs) does any time for it, which is which is wild. And so um if you are out there protesting, um be safe, be vigilant, um, stay peaceful. But I kinda wanna get into the whole rioting protesting um stuff because social media has been vitriolic no let's see that's another made up word we might have to set up a a new made up a word tracker um but it's been vitriolic some of the stuff people post some of it not being um educated and and it just blows my mind some of the stuff people throw out when you start talking about rioting and protesting and you can't have protesting Um, without riding they always go hand in hand throughout history there have been peaceful protests that didn't end well um, and and didn't move anything a few months ago a few years ago now we were talking about uh, Kaepernick taking a knee and saying hey there's other ways to protest that that, it's the same thing that we're told to uh, the people that uh, participated in sit-ins and lock-ins and so um, we can't tell mad people how to be mad like I said, I think this is a whole lot more than just uh, what happened with uh, Mr. Floyd bubbling over. Um, and then it's the, the pot's kind of stirred. So listen, I know a lot of people, I think, comparative to who other people know from all spectrums of life. And so um, there are certain black people in my life that are commenting that never say a word. They often tell me, hey, Newton, you can come. Uh, running my circles if you how to keep your mouth shut Uh, yeah i can't keep my mouth shut um and they are angry every black person i come in contact with is like tears it's it's crazy i've had times when i was just sitting there and and tears start falling um because i have flashbacks of things that have happened um in the course of my life and how it could have been uh could have been me i want to correct course because i said last time that uh, mr floyd was drunk apparently he'd been arrested over being accused of a bad check um sorry, i needed to correct that but um then people are expressing themselves sharing their horror stories because every uh black person just about has a cop horror story um, you ask them, there's a time when they were dealing with uh, somebody with a badge and a gun and they were scared as hell for their life. Um, everybody has one. It doesn't matter how educated they are, how, um, how much money they make, where they live at, every, just about, nothing is absolute for those people who say, oh, he said absolutely. Um, just about every black person has a story like that. Um, and this has also shined a light on racism every black person has a story about racism and so as people are sharing because some people aren't going to protest some people aren't going to riot some people aren't gonna go out in the streets and so one of the things they're doing is sharing their story on hey this happened to me this is a, it, it can happen to anybody this is why um... there's so much outrage and people come back with the most ludicrous ludicrous of responses um... you know it's it's dehumanizing for people to express um, how they felt in the situation. And people start telling them, yeah, but let's talk about some of the yeah, buts. yeah, but black on black crime. Listen, so black on black crime has nothing to do with um, officers who are sworn to protect and serve killing people are beating people are profiling people or making assumptions on a person based on their skin color or the car they drive or how dark their tint is um it 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 just doesn't um black on black crime is more prevalent cuz more black people live around black people just like white on white crime is higher because white people live around white people it just happens but if i get in an argument with my wife okay we're not perfect now i can count on I used to say on one hand, but we've been together so long now that I can count on two hands, the number of times we've actually gotten into it. Um, and there's a difference if I'm having issues with my wife and we're we're working on it, we got in a heated discussion, voices got raised, blah, 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 and somebody else randomly walking up to my wife and yelling at them, especially if the person is consistent. Black-on-black crime is no difference. There's difference in black people having to work issues out with each other or stuff happening with each other, and somebody else coming in and causing trouble. The other piece of that is what black-on-black crime statistics show. They're not in front of me. I have read the statistics. If you know me, you know I'm an avid reader. Um, that in cases where there's black-on-black crime, most of the time uh, somebody goes to jail for it. In these big cases where we've got unarmed black men. Um, in the case of two, unarmed black women, unarmed minorities uh, being killed by officers of law or vigilant vigil aunties, people ain't going to jail. And so to compare that to black on black crime is unfair and ignorant. Then there's these people that post, oh, well, it wasn't my ancestors um, or what my family, my grandparents would never. It's crazy for everybody to say their grandparents would never. Who the hell were the racist people at the time? Um, And not so much even racist. Um, Who were the people that wouldn't speak up? Not only that, do you think that your grandparents or parents would tell you, or not tell you because we've got a variety of listeners, uh, Caucasian older Americans would tell their family members, yeah, I was a member of of the Klan. I was... Uh, mean to african americans back in the day no i'm sure that nazis don't go around telling their family hey we're we're a proud lineage of nazis and so to say hey my grandparents would never or my grandparents didn't isn't true every older black person if if a younger generation now has stories of racism and uh cop and police brutality older generations my grandparents are now touching on their their 70s which is scary to me because in my mind they're still 30 something i think they were 35 and 40 when i were born or something so in my mind they're still that age um but they tell stories of stuff that happened um vividly on the other side of the coin that doesn't happen um and so for that to be your defense well, my family is always no 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 it's insensitive then my favorite reply is when people share dr king quotes um this is a new perspective it's my podcast if you don't like it then turn it off um it really ticks me off the way america has whitewashed dr martin luther king the reverend dr martin luther king um at the time of his life when he was living he was one of the most hated men in america voted on um (laughs) As one of the most hated men in America, he was seen as a race baiter and somebody that just stirred the pot. And all of these positive quotes normally come out of a speech in which he's telling people, hey, you've got to have civil dis- uh, nonviolent civil disobedience. You've got to break some laws. You, you've got to get some people's attention. And then King was still killed. It, uh, if we really want to talk about it, he wasn't killed when he was shot on the balcony. Uh, we all, well, we don't know if you don't know. Dr. King was uh, suffocated in his hotel room or in his hospital room by a nurse um, after they had uh, stabilized him. And so, um, some of this stuff that people say about Dr. King or quoting his, quoting his stuff is like you're not listening to the whole speech, you're just pulling bits and pieces out of it. Listen, the same year that Dr. King was shot and killed, there were riots, and Lyndon Johnson didn't sign um the Civil Rights Act until after the riots were it wasn't when King was alive and meeting with him in, in the Oval and trying to work things out. No, he was opposed to everything King was doing. It wasn't until um people took to the streets and burned stuff down and broke stuff that Lyndon Johnston um acted. And so to make that comparison of what King did uh Dr. King's kids who are still alive um were tweeting <laughs> And there were people telling them, your father just wouldn't, your father... It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The letters from a Alabama jail cell, from a Montgomery jail cell, um, were written on scrap pieces of newspaper. Because at the time, the people thought of so little of Dr. King, they wouldn't give him a pen and a piece of paper. And so, there was a guard or two that snuck him papers out, um, snuck him newspaper. and He wrote in the margin that whole letters. From a Birmingham jail cell um so so <laughs> when all these people are like oh they walked with King they they, they didn't and, and I just believe that if Dr. King was alive now um he'd be in his, his late 80s but he wouldn't be it wasn't all peace and towards the end of his life he start sounding more like Malcolm X um and too often we give Malcolm a bad name Malcolm uh If you study, really, I'm about to get all off on a tangent, but Malcolm X wasn't everything he was framed up to be and neither was Dr. King. And at the end of the day, they had two methods, but they both wanted the same result and they both got killed for it. Um, Fast forward all these years later. um, I think that's what pisses me off the most about all of this is that black people aren't allowed to grieve or react or show that emotion um, over (laughs) over systematic racism. Um, that we don't talk about, that we don't work on fixing, um, these people that were in the Klan, um, still became cops, they still became sheriffs, they still became judges, they're still among us. Did they practice some of that stuff? No, but hey, as a black man, I can tell you I've been called colored, uh, on multiple occasions in my profession. I can tell you I was called a nigger, hardy r. Um, on multiple occasions I can tell you I've had white friends that I had to check because they thought they were gonna be able to wrap the word nigga around me and just because I was what some people consider a token uh, they thought it would be okay and it's just that there, there's no right way to voice how you feel unless you agree um, with the status quo are the I agree but I don't agree with the right and listen when somebody is in pain and they're trying to 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 relieve that pain you don't tell that person oh don't don't walk to the hospital don't catch a ride to the hospital all you care about is getting that person to the hospital Um, so on the premise of everybody wanting to help um one of the main things you can do right now is just shut up and listen right um you don't have to give your woe is me story um, you you don't have to, to justify it, you don't have to argue for a counter-argument, it's just the fact of listening right now um, and then once you get done listening it's about listening to the people you're going to vote for um, because I know we get uh, wrapped up in the polarization of the presidential election and uh, the last two presidential elections have been beyond um Um, The past two elections have been beyond polarizing. You elected the first African-American president. Um, You had a a female be the nominee for one party. You had a um, non-politician running and and leading the grand old party. They've been polarizing. They've been been nasty. And so we get caught up in national elections not realizing that local elections matter. Um, And local elections have far more... Um, consequences on what happens in your community. If you're serious about what goes on in your community, you have to pay attention to local elections. So how do I help? You gotta vet people that are running. Um not gonna get off on that tangent, but i I stopped locally endorsing people for office um because I helped somebody get in the office, and then when they got in, they acted like a complete jackass and uh, had to help successfully remove them. I was like, ooh, I'm not going to put my name on anybody else. Um, But it's important that you vet candidates. It is important that you see people for what they really are, when they really are, how they really are. Um, And if you don't see people in those lights and in those instances, if, if you can't tell the truth about a person, you shouldn't elect them to an office. If you can't trust somebody in a four-minute conversation, then why are we putting them in office to hold office for four years? I consequences. i got to stop killing the um bug. You know, when you're giving a public speech, they tell you the moment you say one um, you're going to say a thousand ums. And I probably said, like, at least 75. So the other thing you can do right now to help is make sure people feel uncomfortable um, displaying Damn it, I just said I wasn't going to say um, and I said um. Make sure people feel uncomfortable displaying their racism around you or their bigoted beliefs. People shouldn't feel uncomfortable being around you. You ought to change that culture right there. That's something you can do immediately if you want to be a... Dang, I want to say um so bad. This is hilarious. I should probably edit this out. It doesn't make for a good podcast thing. But if you have people around you that just say in, incendiary things or black jokes or Mexican jokes or Jewish jokes, like, get rid of that. Make the people around you change that. Or change the people around you. Get new people around you. At some point, we're going to talk about things I've learned from CEOs or being around CEOs. And that's one of the things most CEOs say, is that their circle changes every 5 years. And so if the people around you are just toxic towards any group, are discriminatory towards any group, not you have your biases cuz everybody has their own biases. You like who you like, you want to hang with who you hang with. But that doesn't mean you have to allow people to say openly racist things around you or comments that are just ridiculous. Some of this some of this stuff people have made, like I just saw somebody post a meme about how they would love for looters to come uh, on their property so that they can shoot them. And I'm like, who who would be happy with shooting another human being? Who signs up for that, that they would just, oh, please come because I'll, I'll shoot you. So you want a plan to potentially murder a person? Don't get me wrong. I, I have a gun. I, you know I know how to fire it. I'll defend myself if I have to but I'm not wanting somebody to force me to use a firearm. Those are the type of things that people can't be comfortable hinting at and saying around you. So let me end on this. I don't want to get too carried away because I can talk about this particular subject for a while. Cause I'm not going to, to this might, uh, uh, whatever. Once again, it's my podcast. My friends told me to get a podcast, so I got a podcast. Uh, If I'm killed by a cop and I'm unarmed and there's video of the cop having an opportunity not to take my life and they take my life, I'm not going to tell y'all I I want a peaceful protest. No, I won't. Yeah, no. I just don't. Um, And that's coming as a preacher. Like, I was was mad in the Bible when the disciples hid in the upper room. They had just killed Jesus. They should have tore stuff up. But they didn't and and they too Ooh, that was a good good little lesson open it up they didn't protest or they didn't do all that they hid in the upper room while people celebrated the fact that uh christ was dead and all of them suffered um a whole lot for not saying anything and that was that wasn't even a piece of protest they just didn't say anything sometimes you don't say anything and you still end up a mess. I want to end on this. Here's another thing um, that you can do, that you can evaluate. It's how you treat your black friends. So when I was younger, um, I had a friend, and I would always talk about wanting to hang around, wanting to be around. And my mama said, I want you. We'll call him Billy. Okay. My mama said, uh, you know, you talk about Billy. I was like, yeah, Billy's just a really cool friend, really good guy. We have good times and she said you ever notice she said have you ever invited billy over to your house go over to the house i was like yeah but he can never come over here billy always had a reason he couldn't come to my house and so my mama said i want you to notice the fact that every time you do something every time you suggest something you can go to billy's house but billy never is comfortable coming to your house she said you have to watch people who aren't comfortable coming around your settings i still pay attention to that people i invite places that never come um, and, and people that always want to do things but it's got to be on their terms so a few years later of course i get married and <laughs> wedding planning is a podcast all about tell. but billy is one of the people that i invited and when he got to the wedding billy was like oh yeah man i'm happy um and there were white people my best man is white one of my, my closest friends are white it, it is what it is so um But Billy was like, oh yeah, I'm here, this was a whole experience. And um, our our wedding was really very uh, black churchish to an extent, we didn't shout, but we did sing uh, uh, Jesus keep me near the cross during communion and it felt like Sunday morning church. If you've ever had communion service and they sang Jesus keep me near the cross, that is the way it happened uh, at our wedding. Not a dry eye in the church. Billy was just oh da 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 da. Had a great time. Billy came to the reception, and so a few years later, Billy got married. And my mama said, uh, "When's Billy's wedding?" He's like, "Oh, it's this time da, da 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 da." You know, his parents had talked about it in front of me. She said, oh, okay, all right, cool. And then a few more months. I said, Billy got married yet? it's like, "No da 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 da." da you can, you know, I'll tell you when he gets married. My mom pays attention to my friends that way. And then she saw Billy's wedding pictures and she said, "Oh man." Billy got married and you didn't know about it? I was like, nah. I, I was kind of shocked that I didn't get an invitation to Billy's wedding. I mean, I know weddings are tight and seats are tight, but, you know, I didn't see any black people at Billy's wedding. And my mama said, uh huh. That's kind of what I was trying to tell you, son. So I was trying to tell you about Billy. So <laughs> you need to watch the people you have in your circle that never ever support the things you want to do as a Person of color. I don't even know what the correct term is now. All I can say is watch your circle, check your circle. Watch how you treat your friends of color. And watch how your friends uh treat you if you're a person of color. With that being said, I'm out. This has been a new perspective. They might be